go outside. Go outside and slow down. Look at nature. Observe this. Oh, this is going to sound crazy. Go outside and, like, look at the water droplets on moss. Really, truly slow down and just embrace what is around you. Understand that you are a part of earth and nature. Like, that's how I stay very much on this planet. Stay here. Like, we can have the highs. We can have the lows. But as soon as you're done with a big thing, put your feet on the grass and go for a walk. Slow down. That's how I do it. Welcome to the Spiritual Shiftworker Podcast. I'm Lianne, and I'm so happy that you've pressed play today. This podcast is here to inspire you, but more importantly, to provide you with the tools you may need in order to make a shift in any area of your life. Whether it's a small shift or a big shift, I will be sharing real-life stories from incredible humans who have done both. And of course, as a shift worker, we will navigate all the ups and downs of working shifts from nutrition to learning how to ditch the overwhelm, to creating more time to do the things that light you up. So grab that Java, sit back, and enjoy. Welcome back, beautiful souls. I am so excited that you're here for this week's episode of the Spiritual Shift Worker Podcast. I cannot even tell you how much fun it was recording this episode with Amber because Amber, <laughs> we talk about a lot, but the main reason that I wanted to introduce you to Amber was because she does something in the world that I had no clue about. Um, obstacle races is where she started, but she does something called ultra marathons or endurance racing. And it just blew my mind uh, when we got into this conversation about what it, exactly that is. So I can't wait for you to listen. But really, what is the whole conversation really then ends up talking about mindset and really being able to connect back to what it is that you actually want to do. What lights your soul on fire? And then getting back to nature and how she is so multidimensional as we all are, but Amber's just such a personality that it's crazy to think about the things that she has done with these this ultra marathon endurance racing to homesteading and that's where the conversation is really really cool where we really tap into our um the innate thing that we both really desire which is you know getting back to nature and following your intuition and just listening and following the breadcrumbs on what the next step is for you. So I am just going to let you guys listen. It's a longer episode, but trust me, it is worth every single minute. Take a listen, but grab that Java. Let's get started. <laughs> hey, Amber, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm excited to talk with you today. So I would love for you to introduce yourself. Um, tell us a little, tell my listeners a little bit about yourself. And right now, as we're recording this, what are you the most excited about right now? Okay. So my name is Amber Moselle, and I am intrigued by ultra running outside of that um i take care of the home front i have chickens we have ducks and slowly but surely educating ourselves more into homesteading so it's a slow slow process of that and that's i'm taking care of that on that side um and then that's that's really the most bare basic simple i like to run i like the ultra run I like to train for things um and start dabbling into the homesteading life love it and I'm super excited that it's spring I know it sounds silly and simple but it's spring and gardening is right around the corner which is also something I love doing is growing and it's here and I'm excited yeah. winter's <laughs> done finally finally and I know that you are in 
you're in Vermont, if I recall. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, so not very far from us here in Ottawa. And yeah, I feel the same way. I just I just said to my nine-year-old this morning, I said, buddy, like this weekend, getting at the rakes, we're cleaning up the gardens, we're going to get the veggie garden all cleaned up and get that started, plant some seeds inside, although we probably should have done that already. But yeah, I love that so much. There's so many people I know that are really sort of digging into that, like people that, you know, haven't never done homesteading and then people that are you know diving back into it right after losing it for a while so I think that's great but why what intrigued me the most and just so the listeners know uh, my friend Michelle introduced us she is your mother-in-law and Michelle's uh, podcast episode is coming up pretty soon and when she told me about well not only what she's doing but then she mentioned what you're doing. I was like, okay, I know nothing about this. And so I really wanted to dig into this. So let's, I guess you said ultra running, but I know, is it also called endurance racing as well? Yeah, you could say either or. Okay. And so maybe you can just share with the listeners, like, what is that? Um, if they don't know ultra running and, and how, how did you get into this? Okay, so technically speaking, an ultra marathon is anything over a typical marathon. So if you went just two miles over an, a typical marathon, that is considered an ultra marathon. Okay. Some of us, though, consider it to be anything between 50 miles and above. That, wow. That's, you know. But, and I got intrigued by all of this simply by running a Tough Mudder years ago. That, that's it. And I had ran a 50 miler in 2019, completely away from the obstacle course racing scene. I was like, I really like just running and not having to keep stopping for obstacles obstacles in which I'm terrible at so at that moment I got curious any other obstacle race I had planned or hoped for beyond the 50 mile because originally I was training for world's toughest mutter I really wanted the 50 mile bib I've already done two of them and I can't reach the 50 mile mark I um it sounds probably like, well, why, why did you quit that? It's like, I fell in love with the running aspect. So I did away with obstacles and went straight towards 50 miles and above. That's, that's the sweet spot for me. Wow. Okay. So first of all, I mean, there's all kinds of these, uh, and I've just started to see all the advertisements, right. For these um mud runs or these obstacles like there I don't know there's different names like right? there's all kinds of different ones around um yeah so maybe, maybe like when it comes to what you're talking about like you're saying it's just running now you got away from the obstacle course things and so is it just like I know our marathon here that we do in in the spring it's like on a certain route around the roads is that what we're talking about like you're just straight running like for 50 plus miles like on a road This, technically, I can't, I don't, you could probably do road races that are ultra marathons. I, um, I tend to sway towards the trails. So there's trail running ultra marathons. I, I should have been more clear with that, I think. That's okay, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's not always road. It could be a road, it could be trails, it could be anything. You know, it's soft pack gravel or dirt roads like I've done 100 miles around my neighborhood that consisted of pavement and dirt roads so it it's encompasses all of that okay and and what like again like I'm uh so I'm just putting like I know 26 26 mile no is it what what a marathon two maybe two okay right because for us in Canada it's like 13k I think or is it the other way I can't even remember now but 
like that takes, you know, people can, I've done a half marathon. That's, you know, enough for me, but like, I'm looking at the time that it takes to do this. And usually people do it on like here on a Sunday morning for race weekend and they do their marathon. And so what is like, are you doing this list during the day? Is it during the night? Like, how does it work? Like, I just have, like, do you have a team of people that are there to help you? Okay. <laughs> Let's dig right into so, it because I honestly, like, I have no idea. And the concept of running 50 miles, uh, again, like I said, my husband and I used to do 10Ks and 5Ks and I've done, maybe I've done two half marathons. I can't even remember. Um, but like, that was my max. I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> yeah and that's totally okay so uh, yeah, well let's um let's say you're gonna do a 50 mile trail race and each race is different the course is gonna be different like maybe it's one big loop or it's two big loops of 20 something miles whatever equals 50 um or a point to point each race that's available out there will be different like you may have drop bags at certain mile locations so that you have your food ready for you at this aid station you could utilize aid stations you could have crew you don't have to have crew come and help you out if i was going to talk about the 250 that's five days that is 52 miles per day so two marathons a day for five days um, I absolutely needed help with that. And we yeah. looked at the map, created like uh, aid station number one, aid station number two, and my crew would always be there. And the estimated time they think I would be there. Here's food, refill your water, whatever you need. Let's, you know, you have 10 minutes. Let's shove a fist right in your butt muscles. Try to loosen them up like quick, quick, quick NASCAR type stuff. And then <laughs> off I go. Over and over and over again. You do that the same way with 100 miles, 100 milers. Um, you could do it with 50. I When I did the 50, I didn't have any help. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I, that was my first ultra marathon outside of obstacle racing. So I think that answers your question. Yeah. <laughs> and so just for um, any of my, you know, friends that are Canadian and can't do the math quite that fast. So 50 miles is about 80 kilometers. Okay. So, yeah. um, and I know it's funny because when you were just talking about that, we do. Um, and as we spoke, I'm a police officer and every September we have the run to remember, which is uh, sort of like a relay from Toronto to Ottawa. And that's, I think, 400 and some kilometers and officers go and they run, a, you know, so many kilometers each and they take sort of a relay and they they bring come all the way here to Ottawa. But it's a different because you're taking turns. Right. But this is just you out there running, depending on what the distance is. And so what is it for you, Amber, that that's so and I don't want to say addictive, but what is it that you, what do you get out of the running? Like, what is it? What an excellent question. <laughs> I really, really like the mental aspect of what's going on. I like the figuring out in your brain. <laughs> what is happening to me right now and how do I navigate through all these the quitting the self-doubt this I have this new the all these new thoughts come into your brain and how can I how can I do this um man how do I really put that into the proper words I just really enjoy poking my brain with the endurance side of the running like where your head goes during things like that where it goes after things like that I think also this is a little bit uh, how do I want to say it I haven't really put full thoughts into it but because 
you are putting yourself through voluntary stress, through voluntary trauma. It's interesting to me, the post-run um, adrenaline that comes down and then you have almost like the traumatizing feelings that come over, like race blues. What do I do with my life now? What's, you know, regular life is so boring. And I think a lot about our veterans when I go through this. So they come back from war and life is this way or it's that way. Like I can't get into civilian life. This is difficult. Or I'd rather be in war because I felt like I had purpose there. So I like to experience these things to in a, in, a, in a small sense, understand what my husband could be feeling. What did he go through? And I can experience that through ultra running. Mm. There you go. Oh my gosh. That is really, really cool. I think because here's the thing, right? So many of us are living constantly in that, that high state of adrenaline, right? That stress, because you're putting so much stress on your body, right? And I like how you're you're using your mind and, and pushing yourself through per se. But what you just said about like the coming down, the race blues, right? The after effect and how so many people don't know how to bring themselves out of that, right? They get into that sort of, but I don't want to say depressed state, but that, that down feeling where the adrenaline is now gone and now you're having to figure out what to do next. And so many people get stuck in that bottom. And so I love that because yeah. you're right. Like our, so many people, our military, uh, law enforcement, even, you know, doctors, nurses, first responders, where they're constantly in this high state of adrenaline rush. And then, you know, the shift is over or they come home. It's like, now what do we do? Like, I'm not, my body's not up here. And so they, a lot of them find other things to do to put them back into that. And they never are able to, and they're in a constant state of stress. So what do you do when you're done, when you're done one of these races where now you're like, okay, what do I do now? Like you need to bring yourself back out of that stress state. And is it, what is it for you? Is it the homesteading for you? Um, that's really interesting because um <laughs> I don't I don't this uh, no way am I trying to put myself on a pedestal when I w- with what I'm about to say um I I do not have the issue necessarily of I need to keep myself up here after a race yeah. or after any type of I will have nostalgia um I will want to Perfect case in point is the first time I ever did a hundred miler was around my neighborhood because my race got canceled because of COVID. And I loved it so much. I loved the mental push that you needed. And then just like regular, like all of a sudden I'm like, oh, life had a different meaning. Like it all came to life. And I really wanted to keep doing it. But the universe was like, nope. This isn't what you're doing. So take, calm down, calm down. I don't have that issue of needing to keep signing up for a race. I don't have any of that. And it could be, maybe I'm just grounded. Like I know there's things at home that have to be done. If I take care of my body, I'm not going to be able to do another 100 mile race. And something my coach told me after the 250, she says, don't make any harsh decisions whether they're good or bad for the next couple of weeks because your oh god how did she say it just your your brain and the endorphins are high and this is going to crash all these things are going to be supernatural don't make any decisions just ride it out fuel yourself properly keep moving and make no decisions and I took that to heart I'm like okay I don't have any desire right now at that moment to do any more hundred miles or two hundreds or anything, but I have to think of, all right, just stay grounded. Let the natural hormones do their thing. And then we can start making decisions. And I wonder sometimes how that can be implied to 
the military, law officers, all of that type of stuff. Like, well, once you're home, you know, we, when my husband was in the military, I would go to these readiness wives, readiness, whatever the heck they were called. I don't remember. It's been a really long time. And they talk about, well, your husband's going to come home and things are going to be weird, but never really broke anything down. There was never any, hey, you guys should just calm down. Don't make any decisions. So it's like, when is that going to be a thing for these, the military or doctors or nurses, like to give them that ample time they need to let the hormones settle down? Mm. So to answer your question, I don't have that problem. I just make sure I'm always grounded. What do I really want to do next? And is it purposeful to me and why? Mm. That's so good. But what do you, what do you do? What do you actually do to ground yourself? Or are you just that naturally, that's just your personality. That's just your being that you're able to just, just to come down. But then, because a lot of people then will do like, they've reached the goal, they've got the medal. And then, you know, it's like, well, I've accomplished it. So I don't need to ever do anything again. I can put that up on the wall and be done with it. And yet, Again, personalities are different where you're obviously now you're like, okay, I'm good, but, but then what's next, but not making a really quick decision. So is that just you? You've always been sort of a grounded, more grounded in being able to come down from the high. I think part of it is just my personality and shock. Here we go. Go outside, go outside and slow down. Look at nature observe this oh this is gonna sound crazy go outside and like look at the water droplets on moss really truly slow down and just embrace what is around you understand that you are a part of earth and nature like that's how i stay very much on this planet stay here like we can have the highs we can have the lows but as soon as you're done with a big thing, put your feet on the grass and go for a walk. Slow down. That's how I do it. Oh my God. Okay. Now, now we're getting somewhere because this is like, yes, that's all I'm going to say to that because this is the biggest thing, right? Is that so many of us were so disconnected. I just had this conversation yesterday, but like we don't spend enough time just simply, like you said looking around at nature, the beauty of nature, putting our feet in the grass, looking at the leaves, looking at the water droplets. It's unbelievable how much just being present in that little amount of time, what it can do for our entire body, mind, soul. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that so much because I think, you know, as you continue to do these races, I think this is just something that people need to understand that it's not always go, 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 that you need to come back. You need to come back and just literally ground yourself. Yep. So we've sort of talked about, you know, what it is that is it about why you want to keep doing this, but you get the adrenaline and you can see it's mental. You're wanting to see what else you can do. And so is it more mental? Like I, there's obviously a lot of training and maybe we can dig into that. Like I can't even imagine the physical training that you have to do, but you mentioned you have a coach. And so the, the mental training as well, like you've sort of mentioned it's, that's very, very much what drives you, but what about the physical training? Physical training. That seems um, to me more basic than mental. And for me, mental aspects of training could be a big thing or a little thing. But people are often surprised when I tell them when I was training for the 250, I rarely went over 30 miles a week. You would automatically assume oh, I need to have 50, 100 mile weeks. I need to be, you know, really digging my pound in the ground and all of the stuff. It's like, no, actually you don't. You don't have to do that. And 
I learned that from having my coach. When I did my first 100 miler, I found some bullshit plan off the internet. Um, I did a lot of, you know, uh, beach body workouts to do the strength and plyometrics and would always just run arbitrary numbers, thinking I knew what I had to do and not knowing how to taper and not knowing how to recover properly and not really knowing anything. I suffered immensely through my first 100 miler. I couldn't walk the next day. There is a video of me rolling out on a big yoga ball to come out here and sit on the couch. It was awful. Although, like, I'm super proud of it and I love the experience. um, By 30 to 40 miles, I was suffering so badly. And really quickly to answer a question earlier... Um, in these ultra marathons for maybe us amateurs <laughs> talking about me, it is a lot of power hiking involved. Like you hike the hills, jog the, jog the runnable sections. It's not straight running, but I'm speaking for me. There are some amazing athletes that literally can run 50 100 miles and maybe they power hike the hills because that's what you got to do that's not me uh but anyway I just felt like I left you hanging on that one yeah um (laughs) train it's there's a lot of time under tension so if I'm doing something like a split squat with you know two dumbbells maybe it's um 215s on either side Uh, I have to go slow and slow, like time under tension and make your muscles really. There's a lot of science that I couldn't even begin to tell you about. But for the 250, it's been very, you know, we do a bunch of weight training and I go on recovery runs. And and shockingly enough, 80% of my runs are slow, slow recovery. And then two, three times a week is when you do your intervals, your sprints, your downhill downhill sprints, uphill sprints. That's once or twice. And then the rest of the week is slow. Saturdays are always the long runs. And it's a progression, an hour long run, hour and a half up next Saturday, maybe hour 45. Like it's a slow, careful build. Most runners know that to slowly build. Calm down a little bit, and then you slowly build up higher. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Um, maybe I think I had two weekends that were like chaos weekends or um, weekend shocks, as my trainer liked to call it, where I do two to three uh, five-hour long back-to-back runs. So, like, now I push it. But that was like twice in nine months. And then there was in March of last year, she says, all right, you need to consider signing up for a hundred miler for training. Like, I didn't know that that was coming. Like, I thought maybe I was going to get away from it because that's a lot of effort. I like hundred milers, but I want it to be a race, (laughs) not training. It's like, oh, shit. Okay. Well, there's really not much, you know, that I can get away with only because I have to get a house sitter for the chickens and this and that. uh, So I planned a loop around the house at 48 hours to do it. The purpose was experience multi-day running. So I would push for 50 miles one day, go to sleep wake up push for another 50 miles the next day um and that's where a big part of it was testing out my gear testing out my shoes i had my crew here that was going to crew me for the 250 so that they can be a part of it see how it's going they come out and run with me uh they feed me food they're massaging my legs Mm. shout out to tovar and martha whoever else was here (laughs) some people came out and ran with Um, That was amazing. That was the most amazing 100 mile I have ever done. Like, I was able to get up and move the next day. And I think that 
is really speaks volumes to having a trainer, a good trainer, and training properly. Yeah, yeah I don't think it's, I, I, it's it's certainly not something that somebody should just wake up one day and decide to do. This is not this is not something like start with a five k or start with the obstacles, right? I think it's so, so important to have people that, of course, know what the hell they're doing and be able to take care of you. And so on these big, longer, like, are you sleeping like the 100 mile? You said you came back, you went to sleep, you got back up. I said only ever during the day you sleep at night or you only sleep for a couple hours. So this one for the training I did in last March was um, it was up to me, really, but she the point was to make sure I'm doing a big push for a whole day and then get about four hours of sleep. Wake up early, suit up, get everything prepared, go do it again. So it went from Friday, Saturday to Sunday mornings. So I can experience two and a half, at least three mornings of I'm rolling out of bed in a lot of pain and pain that I have not felt. And that was the purpose of you need to know like how it's going to feel. And I almost called it quits. I would get up out of bed that next morning of only four hours of sleep and I can't move. Like, did I do something wrong? Oh my God. And this, that, and the third is like, nope, that's what's going to happen. You are going to feel like a tin can full of rust and you need to figure out, get up move everything, move everything, roll around, figure it out, grab your bite to eat, get your sneakers, suit up, go. Um, yeah, it was planned that way. It was planned to big push for the whole day. It goes into the night. I think I called it maybe one in the morning each time or somewhere in that vicinity so that I could wake up and be out the door at least by five in the morning for that that big push so what is it that made you like a lot of people would quit a lot of people would say I'm out after the first day what is it mentally for you like what what makes you keep going because um you know the pain the 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 body just like not wanting to move what is it because I think this is something that people can take away from this is that our mind is so powerful on what we can achieve mm-hmm. and not to say that we yep. need to ignore the signs that our body is giving us because there's always that time to pay attention and to rest. But when it comes to any kind of, you know, it's also the journey along the way, but what is it like, what, what made you get back up? Okay. So if we talk about just the March training, because I think this is super individualized for people and also the event you're doing. So let's say, let's start with the March of last year, my big training. I had set it up that in order to give it a little more purpose, I had, I had called it the, the light in the lantern. So I had reached out to a bunch of people in the neighborhood and friends and family of, hey, give me a uh, a charity that you think doesn't get enough attention. And I will dedicate a lap for that and make sure I post it each time I go out, something different. So each lap was something dedicated to something different. And I felt that if I didn't go out, I was letting the neighborhood down. And I couldn't do that. I made a big stink about it. I made all the plans for it. Um, People poured in with all their charity information. I wrote it all down. I wrote it on paper on top of putting it into my phone for easy copy and paste. I would take selfies with it. So all these little intricate things to make it so I can't quit no matter what. Like I knew I needed it for my training, but also because you get into your mind, like if I can't do this, how am I going to do 250 miles? And then just these simple things come in like, well, 
I still have X amount of charities I have to share for the neighborhood. I cannot let them down. That was the ultimate get get the F out of bed and let's go. Uh, um, I think the 250 yeah. is a whole nother thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And sorry, so have you done the 250? Oh, yeah. I, that was last year. May of last, last year, 250. Right. Yeah. Yep. Oh, my God. And again, like, I again, 250 miles for my non-American friends is 400 kilometers. So sort of the thing that I was talking about earlier with the uh, the run to remember. So 400 kilometers, anybody who's listening, that's Ottawa to Toronto, basically, which is, you know, quite a distance. And so how long did that take you? Is it, do they give you a time that it, like a dead, a deadline on how long that needs to be done within? For the 250? Yeah. Yeah. I had five days. I don't know what the hours, it was like 128 hours. Uh, somebody's got to correct me with whoever's going to be listening of <laughs> people who I know from the society. Uh, but I have five days. And it's eight o'clock in the morning. You start on whatever it was, a, tu- a Wednesday, a s- Tuesday, I don't remember. And you have until eight in the morning on Sunday. I don't really like that. <laughs> if you're going to call it five days, that's yeah. like a, technically speaking, that is five. So when you count down to the hours, um, so the plan had to be really strict. This many, this many miles in this day, this many miles in this day. I'm lucky because um, I could not wrap my brain around this. So I just never gave it any thought that I had one day where I only needed 30 miles, but I could not keep it in my head. I just programmed my brain to 52 miles a day or 53, whatever it is, who cares? 52 miles a day, 52 miles a day. So at some point, my crew was like, that's it. You can go to bed now. We, this is the day that, you know, you only had to do 30. And I'm like, but this means I'm going to have to do extra tomorrow. And I don't think I can do that. And they're like, what are you talking about? You had one day that any plan to do only 30 miles and I was wigging out I was so upset and then I finally calmed down (laughs) that was funny that was funny but yeah you're allowed five days if you don't make it in five days you're in fish ah okay so interesting right the way that our mind works when you're like you can figure it out and be stuck to this so many miles and then when you're actually because your mind would have went the other way if you're like, oh, no, today you've got to do like 50, 55, an extra two miles. You would have been like, holy fuck, I can't do an extra two miles. And now this flip on that side, you were like, no, I, I need to keep going. I need to do an extra 20. I, I can't stop because your mind is so powerful. So powerful. Yeah. So, I mean, it's unreal. It is unreal. And what? what is next for you? Because I know what's next on, on the calendar. Is there another one We're we're now, you know, end of April, 2023, but what is it? Are you just, again, you've mentioned before that you, it gives you this purpose and this, uh, this high that's, you know, you're able to go and achieve, but how do you decide? Like, are you just like looking and going, okay, that's the next one that I want to do. Or do you just let things come to you? How do you follow that on deciding? Have you ever heard of David Goggins? Oh, I have not. Oh, damn. Okay. I'm not going to, I can't even elaborate on that, but he has this big, he's got this phrase on how he accomplishes things, but I, I would strongly suggest looking into who and reading a bit about him. And one of his big quotes is simply, what if? So I gave myself ample time after the 250 to make a decision on my next goal. I, I, in the moment, I was, I'm done. Uh, my original plan was 
after the 250, I'm just going to have fun and run smaller races, maybe pace my friends on their big races, and then focus on the home front at the same time. Done. I'm just going to run to stay healthy. But <laughs> something happened along the way. Because I had does, a few friends. <laughs> but I made sure I was beyond the window of you know, the chemical changes in the brain and like, don't make any decisions. So I like, I allowed most of the summer to just heal and enjoy getting back into running very slowly. If you could have seen me the first couple runs afterwards, I looked like a penguin or a monkey falling from a tree. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Well, the fact um, that you the fact but, that you even went running after a lot, a lot of people would have been just like that's it, never running, never buying a pair of running shoes ever again. No, let me say it was at least two weeks before I even just did jogs. And when I say running, I mean it was literally five minute walk, one minute jog, five minute like over and over and over until like eventually was like okay, twenty minute jog, but like short walks in between like my coach is very smart and I'm gonna just I'm gonna tote her for a minute yeah she's done multiple crazy multiple amazing things but the 250 is a race called Infinitus hosted by the Endurance Society they also have the triple eight which that's kilometers for you 888 kilometers. Oh my 550 God. miles. <laughs> what? My husband did that two years ago. Oh my God. He did it. He finished it. And we have the same coach. And the reason is she had attempted the triple eight twice. And then on her third attempt, she got it. She's currently still, since the race began, I want to say 2015, I need to be corrected on that. But since then, she is the only woman who has accomplished the triple eight. Plenty, like there's like six, I think that have done it. Um, So that's why she is our coach. (laughs) She knows what she's doing. She's very wise, very smart. Um, she's a she's a badass. I just can't say enough good things about her. Helen, Helen Dumas. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> wow, that's that's I, I just can't even I can't even comprehend, you know, eight hundred and eighty eight kilometers. Like Yeah. That's but crazy. I have some friends that- me and said so i guess i guess the next thing is the triple eight and i fuck that no way no i the 250 was enough i really was super curious on what 200 miles felt like but after all the dust settled i came to a um realization maybe that i'm not done yet And I need to try for one more big challenge. And I made my decision. I've been training since this past fall for it. I don't like uh, toting my goals. Yeah, that's cool. (laughs) But we'll just, I'm just going to keep it there. Yeah. Um, And then after, hopefully, whatever that looks like in 2024 then it's like then i will officially hey do i have any friends doing 100 milers i'll help you out or pace you or you know we also host our own races so i want to be able to put more effort into that i want to put huge effort into the home front so I'm excited about all these different aspects of my life. Like there's, there, there's a lot of shifts going on and I'm excited for it. Awesome. I love that. No, I think that's great. And I think keeping, I know there's a lot of, when it comes to goals, sometimes it's better to keep those a little bit closer to, you know, 
so then you don't have people going and just saying oh it'll you'll never do it or just not really understanding so I appreciate and respect that and um but yeah I think the way you've just sort of described the shifts and being able to just go in the flow of seeing what's next um and following that I think is such a the perfect way to sort of, you know, be able to manifest things and to be able to just say, Hey, what's, what is next? What feels good? And Hey, if, if this, whatever your next goal is, that feels good, then freaking go for it. You. <laughs> you. And so what, what, I mean, if somebody wants to get into this, I mean, <laughs> I think maybe obstacles, maybe is that the best place obstacle course, those mud rudder or whatever they're called? Is that the first place people could start or could they just start with like a 50 miler? Honestly, (laughs) I've been thinking a lot about this. I just recently saw an Instagram post from somebody who's like, oh, you know, consider starting with a 5k and going from there. And a part of me says, no, don't do that. Because most 5Ks are on a road. If you want to do trail running, that might be a whole nother ball game. Like you're in nature, it's trails, it's softer on your feet, it's more natural. Um, I would not suggest starting off with obstacle racing. That was just for us, for me where it happened to have started and it wasn't even like a 5k warrior dash it was right away 10 mile tough mutter never ran in my life let's go do this that's not smart although it did open the door possibilities you could go that route so it's very individualized it's hard for me to give a full answer to that because it could be that you just say fuck it, I'm going to go do the hardest thing right now and just see where it takes me. Or you could start small. Like, yeah, go for a run. Go for a run in your neighborhood. It's going to suck. Do it again. You're not going to like it. Do it again. And just keep doing it. Because then eventually you will be lost without doing it. I'm not saying that you should be addicted or... You know, you should not revolve your life around that five-mile run around your neighborhood, but it could be the window of what's possible. What are the possibilities? My my human spirit, where can I take this? Where can I, where could a 20-mile run take me outside of what running really is, if, if that makes sense? Oh. Like, if I go on a run and I amazing thoughts come to me like I do my best thinking when I'm running how can you bring that to work how can you bring that to your creative life maybe you're an artist maybe you're maybe you're this maybe you're that how can you I think it teaches you patience also in the weird aspect of things mm-hmm. running is being very patient training is very patient like you have to trust process the process so how do you, how does that seep into your daily life in a positive way? Because I do think some people will overdo it. And if you're overdoing it, I don't know the answer to this. Only go outside and walk in nature to retract, come back. Because if you're being obsessive, that's not good either. So it's real. I think it's just really interesting. Like, just start somewhere, anywhere you possibly can start. There's, I don't think there's any right or wrong way, as long as you recognize the negatives that could be coming, but under and see the positives that are coming out of it, and do something with it. Mm, I love all of that. What you just said, right? How it's like, just a start anywhere, but also just, it's like find something, find something and figure out how you can interpret that and take that into your everyday life. And I think that's where so many people are missing the mark, right? They're missing that creative aspect of something and having an outlet like this, and it it opens those juices. It opens more from the universe to come into our lives when we're ready to just let everything else go 
and be open to what might be or what if, what if I do this, what's next? And that's where the excitement comes from. And that's where, you know, it's just like following the little breadcrumbs and it's like, okay, this is what you did. It's like, oh, let's see next. And I think that's such a great, powerful thing that people can take away from this, this chat that we're having, because so many people dare to dream. They dare to look at the what if, because they're looking at the failure side. Well, what if I fail rather than, but what if this is going to lead somewhere really freaking amazing? Or what if I actually succeed, right? Fear holds us back or the fear of failure. So I love what you said, right? And it's not just about the running. It's what's what else? Maybe, maybe you find a love for drawing or like creating like these races. I I just think that's so, so powerful. Yeah. Oh yeah. So is there anything else, Amber, that you'd like to share with the listeners just about, like, I think the biggest takeaway for me is that it's the coming down off that high and that that adrenaline and that stress that you've put on your body and then just being able to come back down is so, so important. And it brings our nervous system back into alignment and into balance where we've let go of all this stress. But is there anything else that you'd like to share with the listeners about not just like obviously endurance ultra running, but just about finding that that grounding effect when we come back out of those stressful situations? I mean, I don't want to have to repeat myself because I think it's so important to anytime you are stressed out over anything to make sure you have some sort of reconnection. So, oh, I don't want this to sound a little too hippie-ish, but we're going to go for it. Go for it. You're having a stressful day. (laughs) (laughs) You're having a stressful day at the cube, right? Like you're just, your office job is just bleh. And whatever that means for you, I don't believe humans are meant to sit on their butt all day. I don't think we're meant to be in call services all day. Like there's important work out there. Sure. Um, However, I think you should always make sure you reconnect with the fact that you are an animal on this planet sharing the same home with every other creature. But you're not necessarily meant to wear a suit and tie. It just looks nice. And there's there's how do you keep the modern society with also being very in tune with with your planet you have to find that balance so when you're really mad at the office people are being jerks and you're just really busy make sure in my opinion that you're this here we go i remember getting a little bit sassed by a friend who when we first moved into this house (laughs) um I like to have music going in the background and it's usually Dean Martin something soft it's classic jazz there's something called Thanksgiving Day Radio on Pandora just soft in the background like you feel like maybe you're in a hotel lobby only in your own home I'm not really going for that vibe but it's just there and he said something along the lines after he was done with his work and came here and just make sure like he has a place to stay. <laughs> you guys are like, are like old people like reading your newspapers and listening to this jazz or he has had something to say about it. And I'm like, don't you want your home to be a place of reconnection and comfort? Like a safe place for you to just, you could vent about your day, but then you could just go outside and go for a walk. Even if you live in the city, I feel as though your home should still be a, a very cozy, happy place. It should be. It's somewhere that you can just calm down, realize that I'm a human in a very natural world doing very unnatural things calm down it's everything's okay like you're this small in a universe that's beyond comprehension chill homie (laughs) it's it's all right you're allowed to feel how you feel put it away get it away oh 
I think that that is the best way to put it because we get so wrapped up in the nine to five, I'm saying in quotes, nine to five, the stressors of life, the politics, the the media. And it's like, at the end of the day, none of it fucking matters because we are, like you said, this is, there is more, there is more to this universe. Like we, we are just a tiny part of it. And I interesting, I heard, and I can't remember, I was just, when I was out on my walk this morning, I don't even, oh, I think, I don't even know what it was. It doesn't matter. But it's like, what if, what if where we are on this earth right now is actually just, it's just, it's just, I mean, we know we're just temporary, but it's like, what if we're just the TV show? (laughs) What if there's like, like really like it, it there's got to be there is more there I know there's more out there but it's like what if all us running around is all the drama that means nothing and if we could all just come back and go and do the things that light us fucking up and and enjoy life and find joy and then come back and connect like oh my god what a different world this would be yep totally I totally agree with that <laughs> Oh, I love that. I mean, so much. we will a whole nother podcast to go over the other things that are on my mind. <laughs> yeah, I think we will. It'll be not not talking about the whole uh, endurance race, but I think it would be a completely different getting the homesteading. And I think that's great. And being able to connect back to the basics of what we should. And I don't like using should, but we don't want to should all over ourselves. But like, what is it that you could be doing or that you want to be doing that lights you up rather than sitting in traffic for two hours or, and I think there's a huge shift thanks to COVID. Thanks to COVID. I'm I'm actually, you know, putting that out there is that people are realizing they don't want to live in the grind and the hustle anymore and that they're missing their goddamn lives, slaving away in jobs they hate Not that you can't be grateful for the job that pays the bills, but holy fuck, find something creative to do in your time rather than numbing out on Netflix. That's all I got to say. Such a great conversation, Amber. Thank you so much. And I I don't know if there's, um, if people are interested in connecting with you or finding more about these ultra races you can share with with what where they can find you or you know what any websites that they can look into for maybe in their area this kind of stuff ah and well you could find me on facebook it's just amber moselle you'll know because there's a strange looking woman looking off into the distance and running gear that's me (laughs) (laughs) um it's the Moses, uh, M O Z E Y S or M O Z E Y S, and then in parentheses it'll say it's Amber. It's a private account, so you will have to just let me know if you want to follow me. I'll see it. Yeah. Websites for the races. Well, the race that I did is the Endurance Society. That's very easy to find on Google. It'll come up right away. Um, we have a website for ours. I don't know it for the for Google, but I do know it's Mosey or Race Mosey on Facebook and Instagram. It should pop up black and white emblem profile picture. Cool. Um this podcast gets published, I could comment or we can put it in there more officially yeah. if you want. Absolutely. Absolutely. I will definitely put all of that in the show notes. It'll be, uh, I'll let you know when, but yes, thank you. Thank you so much. I think that this is a lot of things here that people can take away. It's not just about, you know, running 50, 150, 250 miles. This is, this is more about really, you know, connecting back and finding something that you love to do, but connecting then connecting back to yourself. So thank you so much for being here. 
problem. And thank you for having me. Great. So if you have loved this episode or if you're interested, everything will be in the show notes. And uh, you can, of course, touch base with myself if you want to find out more about Amber. But thank you for pressing play today. And we will catch you next week on another episode of the Spiritual Shiftworker Podcast. Thank you so much for being here with me today. If you love this episode, make sure you subscribe and share it with someone who you think would love it too. And a five-star review helps get the Spiritual Shipworker podcast out to those that need it most. I can't wait to connect with you online, so make sure you follow me on Facebook at The Spiritual Shipworker and on Instagram at Lianne Magahi. It's time to enjoy the shift, one breath at a time.